All right, welcome to Grab's podcast, where we can all experience a search that led to a rescue. Our guest today is Bryce Campbell, who rides the ladder truck with Brian Fire Department in the great state of Texas. Uh, Bryce, tell us a little about oh, your yeah. department. Yeah, so uh, Brian, Texas, uh, we are like right in the middle of Houston, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas. Um, we, it's us and one other city, College Station, where Texas A&M University is. Um, other than that, there's no help coming from, for like an hour away. So we're kind of isolated. We're, we have five, five stations, um, five engines, one ladder truck, battalion chief, EMS supervisor, and we run ambulances. Um, we have four-man staffing across the board. Uh, had a line of duty death in 2013. It kind of helped up our staffing, um, get us kind of where we need to go. But uh, five stations, um, 15,000 calls. Um, we're, we're just like everybody else. Our fires are down, you know, but um yeah that's, that's about it all right and the, i mean i'm trying to go off the top of my head but that the line of duty deaths you guys had was a um that was a non-residential no windows uh and where they prepared. yeah no is that the building i'm thinking about and there was um so it was nice of columbus hall yeah yeah okay all right it was uh, uh two double double line of duty deaths uh, um, so what does your first alarm, um, assignment consist of? Yeah, we, uh, we respond with four engines, one ladder truck, uh, for our residential alarm, four engines, one ladder truck, a battalion chief, a medic, and an EMS supervisor. All right. And what, what's the search culture within your department? Like who searches, when did it get, does it get assigned? What's that look like? Yeah. So we just got a new chief We're right in the middle of a transition. We used to have pre-assigned roles. Ladder truck was the one who searched every single time. Um, recently, we just, the new chief was big on blue card. So now it's good and bad. bad. We've kind of opened it up to where, you know, me and a couple other guys are really pushing, get searched on early. So it could be an engine, could be the ladder truck. It kind of just depends. Um, we've had a lot of guys go take, you know, Brothers in Battle VES classes and stuff like that. So culture's getting better. Um, we're getting stronger with pushing the, the search up front. Um, but I would say our extinguishment culture is better than our search culture right now. Okay. So what's your typical residential search look like? Um, let's start with you guys uh, search through windows. Yeah. So um, typically, you know, being on our ladder truck, we have four men. We split um it depends one story two story we may go uh two and two outside inside we may go upstairs downstairs uh just kind of depends on uh what our assigned role is really historically uh we've gone three and one keep one outside three go in and we do kind of an oriented split search i guess we we uh the ladder truck companies are pretty good about you know, not being right behind each other and, and spreading out in a, in, inside of the structure and getting it done as quickly as possible. Okay. All right, Bryce, uh, take us back to 1820 hours on January 4th, 2022. Yeah. So we get, uh, we get toned out, um, you know, we're on the way and we get reports that there is, uh, uh, potentially 
first engine arrives on scene, PD alerts them that uh, there's potentially someone inside. The first officer does a pretty good job. He does his walk around. Uh, PD said that he saw someone's hand in the window. And then family states that there's a bedbound person in the first floor, Charlie Delta Corner. They've got um, pretty heavy smoke conditions, especially on the second floor. It's starting to pump, uh, pump out pretty good on the first floor. He calls on the radio, said that confirmed entrapment. Uh, we're going to go what we call rescue mode. Uh, so we're going all in on the rescue. And at that time, it was unknown how many uh, victims we had, occupants we had. But they, they decided to make the decision to go VES that Charlie Delta room. Uh, two of the, the officer and the firefighter jumped in, and one of the other firefighters pulled a line to that window. Um, heavy smoke conditions. Officer jumped in, checked the door. Uh, the door was already closed, but it had started to burn through on the top. Uh, they found a large, uh, between 350 and 400 pound uh, person, lady laying on the floor. PD said she was conscious uh, just a second ago. They heard her talking. They got in and they attempted to bring her out the window, 42 inch window. They had some trouble with how big she was and how slippery she was. So he so made the call. 40, to, is that a 42 inch height or width? Yeah, yeah, 42 inch height. Okay, it's pretty tall yeah, window. Pretty, pretty tall, yeah. And so um, it was structural masonry on the outside, um, but they, they call for help immediately. We get on scene, uh, battalion chief assigns us, go assist with the rescue. Uh, so we go running back there. We see, uh, I enter on the Charlie side. My officer enters on the Delta side. We see them struggling. So, you know, textbook, how we train, pull their legs to the window, try and tilt them up on the window. We had three people on her. Should have been no problem. And for some reason, like it wasn't working. She, one of the things that I've heard people say that, you know, I, I've never been to myself is how slick she was. And it wasn't because she was sloughing or anything like that, but I just couldn't comprehend. Like if, if someone would have told me that they sprayed her with foam or something like that, it would have made complete sense because we had three guys that I would say are probably the best three guys on the shift to try and get this lady out. And we struggled about three, four times and we were trying to get underneath her. You know, we tried a couple different options, um, but we had, probably the biggest, strongest guy on her shift right behind her, bear hugging her. I was on the left arm and my officer was on the right arm, you know, and 350 to 400 doesn't sound that bad. I mean, each one of us can deadlift over that. And so in my mind, we were going to get her out easily. It wasn't going to be a problem. We've trained in this situation with firefighters in gear all the time and it wasn't working. So the original officer who jumped in the window uh, said, Hey, it's not working. Let's change, change what we're doing relatively quick call on that so it's a good thing he did that we didn't sit there and just repeat the same thing over and over um, how many people do you have in that room at this time now at that time we had four four people in the room with the okay. um and then we last year actually we pulled uh i want to say five people out of buildings four or five people out of out of buildings and one of the things i remember the guy saying from a previous grab um Unfortunately, no, no uh, saves, so we got a couple grabs. One of the guys I remember him saying how slick their victim was, and she was way smaller than the victim we currently had. And it clicked in my mind after going over there and talking to him, you know, how 
much trouble they had. He was like, hindsight being 2020, I would have grabbed a blanket or a sheet off the bed. And luckily her bed was right there. So I made the call, hey, y'all stop real quick. I threw the blankets on the ground. We rolled her onto them. And then the timing worked out just perfectly that uh, a couple other engine crews were in the front knocking down fire, uh, heavy, heavy fire conditions in, in the hallway and in the living room. And then they knocked it down just perfectly uh, in, in the right time that we made it to the hallway, uh, four of us on there. And then my lieutenant and the other, or, and the firefighter off my unit uh, continued to search on the first floor uh, while four of us drug her out on the blanket. Once we had her out on the blanket, it was, I mean, it was a pretty quick grab after that. Uh, did she, did she survive? No, um, she survived two or three days and family ended up uh, pulling the plug on her. Uh, I guess doctors had told them that she didn't have a good outlook. She had a lot of comorbidities, um, bed bound and stuff. So yep. unfortunately, no, but. Did you get, um, so when you guys were pulling her out on the blanket, uh, were you guys all grabbing a hold of the blanket itself? Yes, we were. And did you, uh, have you, have you guys used that, um, a blanket before or thought about using a blanket before as a de department? You know, we've talked about, we call them man sacks or fat sacks. Um, mm -hmm. I think other people call them whale movers or, or something like that. We've talked about using that before, um, but never blankets and sheets other than just conversations. And it just happened to, I don't know why, but it just clicked as soon as like we were slipping on this lady so much that, it, you know, we were right next to the bed and I just happened to like, have a thought all of a sudden to move around to the blanket that's all we had yeah absolutely we, so you know we had webbing in our pockets and stuff but i, I really didn't feel at the time that the webbing would have helped us get her up out of that window yeah it's funny how webbing has come into the industry you know how, yeah. how many years ago and that used to be everybody's pretend go-to especially in training and then yeah you start really getting down to it and it's like yeah this is rarely a, a good plan did you guys yeah. use a sheet or did, or did you guys use a blanket? It, it was really both of them. Okay. Um, they were kind of stacked on top of each other, but it, I would say it's, it was more of the blanket than anything. Okay. And then you and I had talked last week about, you know, like, you know, larger victims and what the options are. And, you know, one thing yeah. about your guys' area is that you, you brought it up. You have you had structural masonry. And so yeah. window cut or window to door conversion or whatever you want to call it wasn't a good fast option for you guys no no uh um, yeah, we we but, discussed that after the fact and, and I, like you said you know large patient tall window one of the things that's been the most frustrating for us is how do you train for something like that like as slick as she was and as heavy as she was you know we did it as by the book as you you would think that you could do it and it wasn't working and that was that's the been the most frustrating part about it yeah Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, there's no, there's no good dummy out there to replicate um, a limp person, especially slick. Yeah. yeah. I, never, I mean, people, I've seen people do some lube them up and stuff, but realistically, I mean, it's nothing like you're going to have in a real victim. Yeah. Uh, so you guys went, so the first company went through the window. Um, did they, what I kind of hit on it before, but do you guys um, go through windows normally as an operation or only when typically when there's uh, reports of victims? So I, w I will say it is an option. Engine companies don't normally do it, uh, but we have been hitting it way harder recently. 
we've had some guys take some classes and we've we've taught the entire department the option of VES. And you know, a lot of guys are getting more into it, but I think that might be the first, if not second time that we've had an engine company try and VES. Good. And so awesome. the truck yeah, truck company, we've had a couple and, and we definitely at least you know, try that on, on different fires, but it's, it's, uh, I don't want to say a new thing, but it hasn't been a utilized thing as much as it has been lately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, obviously I do a lot of the posting on the book of faces and stuff. So people, people oh, think yeah. that, like, that's the only thing like I think about is going through windows and <laughs> yeah, whatnot, but like truly, <clears throat> you know, I try to default back to like, well, what's best for the victims and, you know, fires located, the best, you know, the fastest way to, for me to get inside of a bedroom where, you know, 50% of our victims are dead or yeah, alive. Absolutely. That's where I like to go. And there's no backtracking. Um, absolutely. So, uh, so what was, that- uh, what was your, um, your go-to option for the window rescue? Uh, you were talking about a little bit, but I want to go deeper into it. You guys, um, what do you guys, what's your guys' plan normally for a window rescue? Well, so it's funny, and I think this is just what we went to because we just recently trained on this. We, uh, you know, pull their feet in as close to the window as possible, mm-hmm. tilt them up, get behind them, lift them up, and then have the outside person, you know, hold the hands or, or uh, assist in any way they can, you know, trying to get knees underneath them or whatever, just tilt them up into that window. Okay, perfect. Um, so feet to the wall, bend their knees, yep. uh, and then uh, wrists out the window and try to get the outside man to pull up the wrists, and then... So belly. Bell. Yeah. And we had, yeah, we had two, two people outside of the window and then we've practiced, you know, as soon as we get their hips kind of on that window, you twist them out and, and we've messed around with different techniques like that. And I would say that it's been on our training forefront recently on how to remove victims from a window. The problem is we always do it with firefighters in bunker gear, yep. you know, to keep them from scratching up on that window and bunker gear is easy to grab when you're training. Yeah, you know, it'll, it'll make you look really good. And then as slick as this lady was, you know, I, it was like nothing I've, I've trained for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, just thinking about it now, I'm thinking like, you know, if there's continued fire there. Uh, wait, did you guys, did you guys uh, isolate the room when you guys were trying to get her out the window? So they, the initial officer went straight to the door and it was already closed. Okay. Okay. But the, the problem is the top was starting to burn through. Sure. And then, yeah, typically they probably didn't bring a can with them. No, um, they yeah. did have a line at the window, though. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could have slowed it down a little bit. Nobody, you know, we've had stuff like that that usually takes about five minutes from a direct flame impingement on a door to yeah. turn through. And, and what's funny is, so I just was at the Char- Charlotte uh, Fire Days, and I took yeah. your VES class on that yeah. Thursday, and so I was thinking, oh, convert the convert the closet, right? That's you know, we practiced that, you know, I, I trained on that with y'all. And then, so I went to the closet and it was accordion door. So I was like, well, I could try building <laughs> up a mattress or something, but you know, it wasn't, wasn't really an option. Yeah. Yeah. Once it started burning through to get that yep. isolation. Yeah. Well, I yep. mean, it's not always going to work. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, was this a one story or a two story house? It was a two story, right? Two story. Yeah. Second story, story was rocking. Yeah, and the other thing that I was thinking about just net just now, because I mean, but I don't know how you'd do it with a, I mean, without making a webbing, is that you know you can do that. I've never done it in real life. I've only seen it in training. But like you know, people throw that that ladder against a second story, and then uh, 
throw a rope up and over and make it as a high point to get the yep. victim out. But yep. realistically, I mean, with a larger victim, I mean, not not for a go-to, but what you know, if there's fire rocking in the hallway and you had to get her out, and then you had a basic yeah. construction. But yeah, absolutely. Anyway, all right, what'd you what'd you learn from this uh, this rescue? Man, I learned that one, we have training scars because, like I said, I was completely under the impression like I dove in the window, saw who was there, and I was like, "We're getting this lady out. I don't care how tall this window is." And so the training scars of the successes we've had, um, one, I think you got to train for failure. And two, I don't know how you train for the weight and the slipperiness combined, but have a plan B in mind, um, whatever it is. If you, if you can't get them out that window, blankets, sheets, uh, man sack or, or, you know, whale mover, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then don't get caught up doing the same thing. Like I, I was lucky, you know, we were hard charging, getting this lady out. That's what we were doing. Another officer on scene made the call like, hey, we've tried three times. This isn't working. Let's try something else. And honestly, being in the moment trying to work, I don't know that I would have made that call as quick as he did. So um, have a plan B because your training might let you down. Absolutely. I love um, I love the plan B. It's really hard for us to mimic that in training. Kind of like you said, there. Yeah. It's like, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, we don't always do – live fire so yeah. it's really hard to uh and then if we are doing live fire a lot of times we're doing burn barrels or something or it's conf- like it, it's not spreading so it, yeah. it's not really blocking off our egress so it's hard to really yeah. change for that so good point. that uh that is something we we discussed so kind of getting onto the nozzle nerd stuff you know I, I was on an engine for nine years and then went to the ladder truck but we were talking about even bringing that line inside and placing it right at the doorway and using the air entrainment, you know, intentionally causing air entrainment and pulling good air in through the window to buy you a little more time, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting deep into it. That's way Monday morning quarterbacking. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's frustrating because you, you did everything that you've trained for and it still didn't work. But it, it makes me want to push harder, you know, and I think – that's the biggest thing if you can find a way to slick up a heavy person there is like no training that i've done anyway or that i've seen that can prepare you for that yeah yep absolutely absolutely all right bryce uh thank you for coming on to the show and sharing your story if you're on scene of a structure fire with a rescue or assist dead or alive um please help us capture our wins and specific details that improve our rescue and search across this nation and fill out one survey per victim on www.firefighterrescuesurvey.com. Join the Facebook group if you want to. Uh, Firefighter Rescue Survey. It's where hundreds of rescues are being recorded monthly um, from the news. And if you'd like to share your story, story on Grav's podcast, contact Grant Schwalbe. He's now a chief, Chief Schwalbe. Uh, he does a residential primary search, making the grab. Or you can contact Nick Ledeen. Or myself, Justin McWilliams. Uh, I do search culture, or you can FaceTime me. I like FaceTime, 503-729-2734. You can get a hold of me on the Book of Faces, too. Thanks.